2: safe to say that the bye week is starting to feel much more impactful than we could have ever imagined welcome into Finsider Radio my name is Jake Mendel joining me on the other line is Josh Houts and remember before we get the show going to smash that subscribe button if you do if you hit that subscribe button if you send us a comment and a screenshot that you are subscribed some sort of review whatever it may be you will be entered into our jersey giveaway for a Solomon Kinley jersey so be sure to let us know how you're feeling about that uh keep the conversation going with us on Twitter. I am at JMendal ninety four Houtz is simply put hows. But Josh, I mean I'm not gonna spend too much time on that stuff because it's been a pretty bi- pretty, pretty busy day, uh, uh in, in Dolphins World, I guess we should say. Uh, how you doing today, man?
3: I'm doing good and you're right. I mean, it's not really what you expect from a typical Tuesday. I mean, we all knew you know, the elephant in the room is to a is getting his first start this week. But, you know, we have trade rumors. We have a little bit of everything. We have quotes from Chan Gailey. I mean, we have a little bit of it all. And it's been an exciting bye week, but I'm glad that, you know, we got through that. The Dolphins are three and three. You know, this is honestly, you know, one of the better chances we've seen from this team in recent memory. So I'm excited, man. How have you been?
2: I'm good. I'm good. You know, it was it was boring without a Sunday and having Dolphins football. I wanted that new content, just like, you know, hopefully people out there want new content as in issues or uh, episodes of the show. I want new Dolphin games to be able to talk about uh, because that's where a lot of the news comes from. There's a lot of different things you can dive into on, you know, all three sides of the ball, if you will. But I mean, Josh, uh, you know. Through the offseason, there was one thing, you know, we we talked about quite a bit, and and I feel like, you know, I didn't come out, and and I obviously didn't argue about it or anything. But, you know, we we, we spoke a lot about this Miami Dolphins secondary and and what the Dolphins could do with it. You know, Nick Needham's a player. Noah Benagany was drafted in the first round. And for some reason, it always seemed like Xavier Howard was the the odd man out. He was always involved in trade discussions, the trade rumors. There was a lot of that over the offseason. It seems like they're on the rise again. Where it was Omar Kelly and actually another you know guy. Let me see if I can I can pepper pepper up his name here. Uh, Ledger Dowsable. I mean, take that for what it is. I, I guess he was an p- offensive lineman back in the day, and he has a podcast. So um, I guess I was an offensive lineman back in the day, and I have a podcast. So we're we're, we're basically as credible as each other. Um, basically, they were talking about how Xavier Howard was on the the chopping block. Not I guess not the chopping block, but he was a candidate to be traded that the Miami Dolphins were listening to offers and the trade was imminent. Uh, I think it's safe to say that it's only partially true. The Miami Dolphins reached, or, uh, released a very, very, very strongly worded uh, note here saying that, uh, excuse me, sorry, I should probably have pulled it up. I have the wrong Barry Jackson tweet in front of me. Uh, You should all follow Barry Jackson. Uh, But he said that the report in the South Florida Sun Sentinel is uh, factually inaccurate and based on rumors. The paper practiced poor journalism by not reaching out to the team for comment or a chance to respond to the story. We are not exploring any trades regarding Xavier Howard. Josh, obviously, I think, you know, we can know that Chris Greer is someone who is always going to listen to trade requests. They weren't trying to trade Larry Mitchell, but, you know, everyone has their price. Two sides of this coin here. I think that I'm sure the Dolphins, and I think this is even reporting that teams are calling them and and asking, hey, is Howard on the trading block? And I think another thing that the Dolphins are listening, but I don't know if we can really say much more is happening outside of that.
3: Yeah, and I got to be completely honest. You know, I kind of thought when the Dolphins signed Byron Jones that that kind of left it open that they could move on from Xavier and Howard. But once you see these two together, I mean, this is a dynamic tandem. You would rather have them, you know, playing together rather than, you know, trading him away for, I mean, what are you going to get a first round pick? I mean, if you can get a first round pick for Xavier Howard, then maybe you sit there and talk about it. But um, I I think it was interesting that this report came out and then the Miami Dolphins, you know, they released a statement. And one thing to keep in mind, I mean, I saw someone, I think they retweeted one of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they retweeted back when the Jalen Ramsey rumors were coming out, you know, this is completely inaccurate. We are not trying to trade trade Jalen Ramsey and what they do, they trade Jalen Ramsey. So I think, like you said, there's two signs to this coin. And it's interesting to me that. I believe it was Barry Jackson and Adam Beasley both kind of came out and said they heard a little bit of rumblings here, but they didn't want to report on it. And that's exactly what we heard with the Laramie Tunsil stuff. You know, Pro Football Network, Matthew Kanata and those guys, they did a great job. They reported that rumor. No one backed them up until Craig Mish eventually did. Um, I do believe the Miami Herald kind of said that they were hearing things, but it wasn't anything strong enough. And then lo and behold, you know, they traded Laramie Tunsil. So. I think they're picking up the phone, as you would expect from Chris Greer, but I think when you have Xavier Howard healthy, when you have Byron Jones healthy, I mean, we saw how special it is. Why break it up? You know, the Dolphins aren't strapped for cap right now. They're making a, a legit playoff push, and I'm going to continue to say that, you know, this is more than being in the hunt. You're upgrading the quarterback position. You know, the mm-hmm. defense is playing great. The offensive line's playing good, and you know, for the, as much as we want to knock Miles Gasson, they expect just a little bit more. I mean, he's running the football much better than we've seen previous years, so um, I'm excited to see the way it comes together. And I think training away Xavier Howard, you know, if you can get a King's Ransom, sure. If you can get a Laramie Tunsil type deal or, you know, something similar to the Jalen Ramsey thing, then maybe you talk. But right now, I'm, I'm very happy with Xavier Howard. And, you know, earlier in the season, like I said, I thought the Dolphins might have to move Xavier Howard to move up for Tua to Tungvalu. Glad that didn't have to happen. I'm happy with where they're at. Uh, don't, don't do something that you don't need to do. You know, don't get too cute when right don't now. Don't do the things just so to do them. Don't right. do things. Just the team's playing pretty damn good right now. You you don't got to make that trade.
2: Yeah, and and the poor journalism thing is is the thing that kind of you know pops out at me uh, because it's one thing to expect backlash from the, from Dolphins fans, and I'm not going to go out and say it's just Miami Dolphin fans that do this, but I think we legitimately need to cool our jets uh, on imposing our opinions on other people. And you know it's easy for me to say that as someone who you know. Post a podcast and and urges people to listen to it and and I'm thankful that people do listen to it but there there comes a point where we're all gonna think different things we're all gonna say different things and none of that matters I mean a big part of football a big part of the excitement of football is the unpredictability it's the speculation I mean whether it was Mina Kimes and Jeff Schwartz talking last week about the Miami Dolphins offensive line or whether it's this some random guy with the blue check mark reporting this about the Dolphins I mean you can say I don't believe that, or or I even quote tweeted it and saying what, but but just it just seems like time and time again people are going after you know someone for for sharing their opinion, whether it's uh, passion based or whether it's just hey I agree or I think one way and someone else thinks another. I, that stuff's been kind of bothering me, so I wanted to get that soapbox off my chest. But what I was really trying to get here is the fact that the south uh, the dolphins comment said poor journalism we use, and you know it's one thing all of us speculate. That's one of the biggest parts of football. We all speculate. We all like to have fun. And obviously, you know, we like to tell each other, too, you're full of shit. I mean, I wish it kind of stopped there, but it it definitely goes farther. But by the Dolphins saying poor journalism was used, it's it's kind of concerning to me because that highlights that what Omar Kelly probably did was heard from some sort of agent or someone involved with another team saying, hey, we're talking about uh, trading for Xavier Howard and just ran with it. I mean, the least you can do is... Talk to people. Like, the thing that makes a journalist, and I'll get my, on my journalism cap here, isn't that they have this you know high standard. They, they know things that other people don't. They just simply ask questions that other people don't want to do. Journalists report on fires because they're willing to go and sit outside of a house and talk to any policeman or fireman that will talk or go knock on doors and get neighbors' reactions. Anybody can literally do this stuff, but the job of a reporter is to reach out both sides. I mean, Omar Kelly's report could look so much more uh, tight, and we can make the arguments about his reports in the past, but you reach out to the Dolphins. They can deny it just put that the Dolphins denied any of these rumors and all of a sudden you've covered all your bases. That is the biggest issue here is in me deciding what the Dolphins are really trying to do here is the fact they're going at over at Omar Kelly because of quote-unquote poor journalism. I think that really stands up.
3: It's not something you really see that often and I, I think it does speak volumes and I think one thing you know I've seen it thrown around on Twitter is was this the Dolphins way of kind of finding the rat within you know the organization. We know that it got leaked to the media that Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter. A lot of people just assume, you know, it came from two and his agents. You know, maybe this was their way. Maybe this was the departed and they were finding their way to, you know, uh, figure out who the rat was and to get that out there. But I think, you know, we'll see. We, we got a week. It's a week until the trade deadline. And if Xavier Howard is on the move, if they do do something surprising, you know, we'll see it by then we're talking about one cornerback and that has to lead us into Stefan Gilmore. And, you know, we joke about him, you know, getting beat by Devontae Parker, but let's be honest, this dude is a shutdown corner, probably the best cornerback in football. There are reports now that the new England Patriots, you know, they might be looking to move their star cornerback. So I want to get your thoughts on that. And I just want to, you know, tie that into with the Quinn and Williams thing. I think the New York jets, they're getting ready to trade one of their best defensive players as well. I mean, these guys, you know, they're getting rid of their good players. They're seemingly tanking, and the Dolphins are now in a, you know, they should be fine mon- by the league. Yeah, <laughs> they oh, they, sorry, they should be that. fine by by the league. Get a um, little Greeny, that little weasel. Get him in here to go on his little rant. Um, but you know, it, it's crazy because now you know the Dolphins are one game back, and they're in a race with Buffalo, who you know struggled. They struggled to beat the the New York Jets, who the Dolphins had their way with. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And I, I, want to, I think the Dolphins, you know, we hear this Xavier Howard rumor, I think they're going to be buyers instead of sellers if they do anything because I think they do realize, you know, they are in the, the midst of a true playoff push, and they have a shot at the division.
2: Yeah, and, and that's kind of the thing. The Dolphins, I mean, I, I think we should get a running tally of how many times i bring this up, is they're going for the have your cake, you need it too. Not only are we going to develop our young guys, we're playing well that's enough. That's not a
3: shot. That's not a shot at Fitzpatrick.
2: No. No, no, no. I mean, but, but they, they can develop their young guys and compete for, uh, uh, you know, a playoff spot. They does not sound like a team that's trying to trade away their best players. We hear about Brian Flores saying that, you know, tanking isn't our thing. You can say whatever you want after those seven games of the start of last season. It was never once in Brian Flores' head that this team was going to tank. So this is, I mean, shocking when you hear about someone like Stefan Gilmore is, is being... On the trading block. Again, I think this is probably closer to the Xavier Howard talks where other teams are coming to them. Because one thing I, I, I quickly realized about Stefan Gilmore last year and, and what he means to that Bill Belichick defense is exactly what Xavier Howard has met, exactly what Byron Jones means for the Brian Flores defense. These are the type of guys that the defense is legitimately built on. We hear over and over again about how important the trenches are, but it legitimately starts in the back with these guys, and they've been nothing short of spectacular. So to hear Stephon Gilmore on the trading block is, one, I hope it happens. I would love to see the Patriots have to, you know, the saying from Family Guy, you know, what would you rather have, a boat or a mystery package that could potentially be a boat? For for the Patriots to trade away Stefan Gilmore, to trade away their boat, and to have the opportunity at maybe another boat, sign me up. Get the Patriots, all kind of type of situations like that. I'm Yeah, go ahead, trade them.
3: Yes, please. And I don't know that the Dolphins would make that move. I mean, we know Brian Flores has to like what Gilmore is. I mean, he helped develop him into that corner that, you know, he has truly become. But the question then would be, is Noah Igbenogany ready? And I think that's the million-dollar question here. You know, before this bye week, you know, when he was thrown out there against Stefan Diggs, you know, against some of these other guys, Noah Igbenogany looked lost at times. So is he ready to take over that role for Xavier Howard? Do they have a plan in mind, you know, if they were to move on from Xavier Howard, again, I don't think there's any truth to this. I think the Dolphins are, are much happier, you know, having those two shutdown corners and allowing that those guys up front to get to the passer. Because let's be honest, that's the reason the Dolphins are having s- such success up front with Emmanuel Ogba, with Shaq Lawson, with those guys. So, um, you know, that's the way I see this. It'll be interesting to the way it all plays out. But uh, what are your thoughts on Noeg Benogany? And then, and then we'll get into a break before transitioning into the Tua to Tungvaloa news.
2: And I guess we can kind of compare the Noah Igbenogny and the Tua Tagovailoa situations because what we're hearing about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is that the Dolphins see him uh, having more value as a backup, as a mentor, compared to letting him go for a third-day pick. Fitzpatrick's a free agent at the end of the season. He played decently well in er, in six games. I'm not going to say he was awesome. I refuse to say he was bad. Um, But the same thing is true... Uh, and the defensive backfield. I mean, cornerback is one of the hardest positions to learn. Uh, breaking do, at breaking down film. Rob Profit, a, a guy always he always throws an opinion that makes you think, and and that is the best type of opinion you can certainly have. He He's said awesome.
4: that.
2: He said you know he was talking about Sammy Madison and Patrick Sertain in their rookie seasons. They were brutal. They were awful. I mean, Xavier Howard on this roster, let alone being one of the best cornerbacks in the league and, and playing like it week in and week out. That depth, that uh, person you can lean on to learn a lot from is worth way more than having Nola Igbenogany take those boundary snaps. If Igbenogany becomes the best slot quarter in the world, that's just fine by me. I'm all for that. Sign me up. Uh, Xavier Howard has four interceptions in four straight games. One more interception, he'll tie the franchise record uh, for the Dolphins in five straight games. Uh, I can't remember who did it, but it was some guy in the 70s. I was, like, negative 30 at the time. But I just see a situation here where – I don't think Xavier Howard's going to be traded. If the Dolphins were maybe, I don't know, one in five, something like that, I think things could be a little different. I certainly think they're taking calls about him because people are probably thinking exactly what, uh, uh, you know, we were. Or, or You know, I'm going to say you. I'm going to give you all the credit on this one about, hey, maybe we can move on from Xavier Howard. He has the injury problems. Uh, you know, his, his shift, or his, excuse me, his uh, contract is so big. Maybe maybe the Dolphins are willing to trade him away. His dead cap goes down, so we can kind of wipe our hands clean. We use him for this playoff run. But I think what the Dolphins see here is an uh, opportunity to establish themselves. as just such a great defense to keep Noah Ibn Agni where he is. There's no reason to rush anything they're doing. They're not rushing to play Tua Tagovailoa. They're not rushing to play Noah Ibn Agni, but they're playing. These guys are getting the opportunity to play, and the Dolphins are winning. So this is a situation where I see that Teams kind of saw the, the first-round pick. They heard those whispers in the offseason about Xavier Howard potentially being on the trading block and are trying to roll with it, trying to take advantage of it, maybe make a deal. But, I mean, for for the Dolphins to let go of Xavier Howard, who's coming off four straight games with an interception, man, you've got to be looking at a Jalen Ramsey-type deal. Laramie Tunsell, I don't think we'll ever see a deal like that for a non-QB in the NFL again. But the Dolphins would need to get a King's Ransom. But I legitimately think... After going and and playing Tua Tagovailoa, announcing him as a starter, the Dolphins are in crazy, crazy crazy-to-believe win-now mode, and you win now with Xavier Howard.
3: Okay. Now, now hear me out. Is this crazy to think that the New York Jets need to fire Adam Gase and then hire uh, Bill O'Brien, give him full control, and then this trade goes down, then Xavier Howard, then they give us that Laramie Tunsil-type deal, and, you know, Quinton Williams. Do you think that could happen?
2: Um, Yeah. it's got to be a situation, right? I mean, those those things have to happen for this to be a possibility. So these chances are very slim. But but that's it. Yeah, I mean, you developed the scheme, you developed the recipe. I mean, we just gotta put it in the oven and let it bake at three fifty for twenty five minutes. See what comes out.
3: Make no it offense, happen.
2: it might be crap. It might be crap, but we, we gotta try it, right? Nobody nobody makes history by being playing it safe, right?
3: No, not at all. And I, I do think before we get to the break, you you made a great point, and so did Rob. Uh, you know, these players are going to take their licks. They're, they're going to get beaten coverage, but that doesn't mean no egg is a bust. That doesn't mean that the youngest player in the NFL is not going to bounce back, you know, eventually be a shutdown corner. So the Dolphins know better than we do. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to say this, whether it's the Fitzpatrick benching, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, this decision to start this player or to do this or that, you know, we're going to trust these coaches. We're going to trust Brian Flores because, you know, so far, you know, he hasn't led us astray. And, and that's all you can really ask from, for, from your head coach.
2: Certainly. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll catch you guys on the other side.
0: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
3: Hello, I'm
1: Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down...
0: We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title.
1: Just go to frito com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 3 Void or Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com.
3: And it is officially two a Week. We are recording this on a Tua's Day. And before we get into the Tua Tonga Vailoa talk, before we start talking about, you know, the quarterback, the man, the myth, the legend. we got to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And last week, you know, he was at his press conference right after, I guess, you know, the day after the news broke that he was no longer going to be the Dolphins starting quarterback. And, you know, you thought maybe he'd be smiling. You know, you thought he'd probably take it well. And and that just wasn't the case. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked absolutely defeated. And I'm going to read off some of the quotes from Fitzpatrick. Um, The first thing he said, you know, straight up, I was shocked by it. It definitely caught me off guard. My heart hurt all day. It was heartbreaking for me. And then he went on to say, it was always kind of when, not if, but it still broke my heart. It was a tough thing for me to hear. I now have to deal with it, and I'm going to do my best to move forward. Uh, he finished it up with, I've been benched a lot of ways, but this one, what we've been through as an organization, this was kind of the first place, other than Buffalo, that I just felt fully committed and invested. And it felt like it was my team to have that. I think that's why my heart hurts, and it's so heavy, so... You know, it, it was hard to see. You have to feel for Ryan Fitzpatrick again. We talked about in the last podcast. You respect him for what he did. He won five games here. He's right now, you know, the perfect mentor for Tua Loe. I mean, he took those. He, he he took this team to that three and three start. You know, he, he give he's handing Tua a clean slate, and you got to respect that. And then what he's going to do on the sideline while Channing is up there in the huddle. I mean, we'll talk about the trade rumors later in this, but uh, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, personally, I sat here, I saw Fitzpatrick, I felt for him as a human because, I mean, I'm just one of those guys, you know, you got to feel, you got to put yourself in that person's shoes, and, and I did feel for Fitzpatrick in that moment, but I'm excited for Tua Tautauvaloa. I thought, you know, again, if this was a regular off season, if there was a preseason, Tua might have been the starter from day one. So, what were your thoughts on this? Again, thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for everything. But how did you hear? How did you feel hearing this? And you know, just the reaction it got because we heard Matt Hasselbeck. He said it was going to cause a mutiny. You know, perhaps in the locker room. You know, just how like are tanking. the veteran players? Yeah, just like <laughs> tanking. So, just, just tell me your overall opinion because uh, I don't think we've really got a chance to hear from you on this matter.
2: Uh, you know it was ryan fitzpatrick we get the highest of the highs we get the you know i'm ready i'm taking tua under my wing yada 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 uh we get the five touchdown games and and then we get the lows the lows we get the four interception games and then we get interviews like this i mean it was depressing it was sad to it was sad to kind of think about and this is legitimately the reaction I thought if somebody asked like walk up to the street and just pointed a phone in his face and say hey man you, you just got you just got benched for the rookie how, did, how does that make you feel I mean I know he wasn't the one to address it to the team but I mean Fitzpatrick had time to think about this and I just I just don't know how I feel about this I mean to say that the Dolphins have been playing well is, it's certainly true I'm not Don't get me wrong there, but I mean, this offense has certainly been leaving points on the field, and I'm not saying that we expected Brian Fitzpatrick to play perfect, but hey, if you need to secure your spot and and fend off a top five overall pick, and you just can't do it as a a 38-year-old bet, that's okay, man. It's okay. Like, it doesn't matter if the the Dolphins could legitimately be 6-0 right now with the way their defense is, and the Flores would still be looking, hey, maybe it's time we start Flua. Tua because simply, dude, he's he's the best one of the best quarterback prospects in the history of the universe. I mean, the fact that they're three and three is legitimately awesome. Fitzpatrick's been so much fun to watch, but this was just so depressing and frustrating because there were times where he didn't play too too well. There were times where he legitimately looks like someone who, let's use the Jets games for example. It looks like me playing Matthew Kanata in Madden where I smoke him in the first half and lead 31 to nothing. And then I'm just running around like a maniac in the second half. And who knows that second half, I could give up three fumbles and all of a sudden it's 30 to 24. That could have been the Jets game. I know it's the Jets, the Jets are bad and Brian Forrest has made that defense look outstanding, but that's the type of stuff I've been seeing from Brian or from Ryan Fitzpatrick. This was disappointing for me to see for Fitzpatrick. I uh, respect him. He always have his, has his emotions on the sleeve. But I was legitimately disappointed in this press conference because everyone knew it was coming. I mean, he, he has, I think, seven interceptions on the year or something like that. Or not seven five, he's averaging close to an interception a game. I mean, if you think the quarterback who's averaging an interception a game should start over a supposed franchise quarterback... That's the issue in itself. This was a matter of time, and, and Tua seemed ready. I mean, obviously, I don't know that, but Brian Flores sees that. He's a guy who's going to go out and try to win football games. And hey, if you you could even say, well, you don't want to have a fun fo- football team. Having Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback is fun. There's no doubt about it. I want to see you play a playoff football team. And if that means that, hey, we're going to go from, I don't know, I'm going to use Madden lingo for the sake of this, a 71 overall in Ryan Fitzpatrick into a rookie. In his first year, who's learning on the go, 78 overall Tua. How do you not go with Tua, who's even maybe just going to be a little bit better? His, his four is probably going to be lower. There's going to be some uh, bonehead plays at times. But that ceiling, man, We you could be playing Madden and do an update at the end of the year. And Tua could be a 92 overall. This dude is an absolute stud. This is why he went in the top five. We were lucky to get him, and this is exactly the moment we've all been waiting for. So, Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry, but, I mean, you can't play games like Seattle. You can't give up or just score 11 points against New England and think, hey, I'm set. Yes, we're 3-3. Three and three. We're average. We want to be better than average. We are done being in the hunt, Joshua, and it starts with Tua Tungavailoa. I'm sorry I'm sorry if any of that came out mean or, or harsh. I certainly respect Ryan Fitzpatrick, but th- this was a little too much for me.
3: Um, I'm ready to run through a wall I mean and and you're right maybe a little bit of this Ryan Fitzpatrick thing did belong on lifetime and you know it was <clears throat> this real feel good story but you're right Tuatonga Valoa is that player mad you know with that star development you know he's left-handed and he's just more fun to play with you know Everything about him is more exciting, and thank you again, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I would have been more concerned if, for some reason, the Dolphins didn't feel like they could move on from Tua Tagovailoa to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because let's be honest, then that's when you would start to raise this, you know, this red flag. So this was always going to be Tua's team. I'm glad it's happening now. Again, I like that he's getting a clean slate. I'm excited because we heard Changeli today. He kind of mentioned adding some of those RPOs and you know, opening different things up for this offense. Obviously, you don't want Tua to run too much, but if he can get rid of that football, if he can slide and be smart like the Kyler Murrays, be smart like the Russell Wilsons. I mean, that's a whole new element that these younger quarterbacks, you know, it's the way this NFL is slowly starting to evolve. And you see these quarterbacks, they can do more than just throw the football. And I, I think that is an element that Tua does bring to this. I'm excited for what this does to the offense. But one thing that I don't think people are truly starting to understand, or, you know, we're, we're kind of Forgetting about just because we're all enamored by Tua's, you know, presence and him getting ready to start his first game is just how good this defense is playing. And we know Kyle Certainly. Van Noy. We know Kyle Van Noy. I think he's still battling to get back on the field. Uh, Flores said that uh, Andrew Van Ginkel was still in concussion protocol. So. You know, they do have different things that they got to do here. They do need to figure out what they're going to do with defensive tackle. You know, there's different things they have, but when healthy, this defense has already shown that they can be one of the better units in football. The secondary, again, with Xavier Hauer, with Byron Jones, with N- Needhelm, with uh, Igbenogany, you know, then the safeties who you know. I uh, we were pretty down on Bobby McCain and I know I'll I'll be the first one to admit it. I thought he should move back to the nickel. I mean he's been playing outstanding at safety. So I, I know we weren't even gonna sit here and talk about the defense, but I just had to I just had to tip my hat to them because for as good as this offense is for I think they're averaging twenty six point seven. It's a win game. defense. Yeah, win. It's a win. and, you know, defense wins championships. That was always the saying, and you can bring Tua in there, and he can elevate this offense. That was already averaging 26.7 points per game, but this defense is what's going to put them over the hump and, you know, have them battle and win those gritty games when it matters most in, in late December and, you know, hopefully in January. So uh, I think this is the right time. I'm excited. I think the veteran players are excited, and it's Tua time. I mean, we're five days away. At this point, you know, in five days, we're going to know what Tua – look like in his first game and i think everyone's excited including you know the coaches the players and and everyone surrounding this team
2: yeah and with that too um i mean it's a good situation it's the bye week uh you had the rams play last night and while they scored 24 points i'm not going to say they looked great against the bears i'm feeling confident i'm feeling that this is a team that has to go all
3: the way to south florida Real, real, quick. Take t- take a second to take a bow because you definitely called this before anybody. You know, you were <laughs> the one that that said this was the time make make that move. And you know, man, you were right. I'm glad. I'm glad Brian Flores listens to the podcast. I mean, that that was he an was? awesome. You called it. That was great.
2: I'm just waiting to see his submission for a Kinley
3: jersey. That's, that's going to be on its way soon. But Dude, If he comes out with the Kinley Cheeks jersey at his uh, press conference, it's awesome. a wrap.
2: It's game over. Put them, put them both in the Hall of Fame right there. But, I mean, th- there is the two sides here, too, where you're not learning anything from this team with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. They're going to be the halves. They're going to be the quarters where he looks great, and then, you know, the halves and quarters where he looks the other way. But – we also need to give Tua a little buffer zone because that end of the season can be a little harsh. I mean, who knows? Buffalo might start a downward spiral, too. But I'd rather go 8-8 and with Tua struggling instead of Fitzpatrick looking okay from game to game. And it just seems like there's a certain point where we all have to kind of buckle in. I feel like we're at the buckle-in time of the Dolphins rebuild. I think the ride is opening uh, a little sooner than we thought. But it just seems like such a exciting time. And just the Fitzpatrick thing and then people saying it's going to start a mutiny. I mean, it's the same people who last year, again, I'm saying I'm disagreeing with them without bashing them on Twitter and tweeting at them nonstop. The people saying he was so, uh, you know, disrespectful for the tanking and the mutinies back then. I mean, just it's so dramatic. And, and that's, I guess, the, the disappointing thing about Fitzpatrick. But, I mean, you even to the Bills game, the three, four plays on, on Uh, inside the five-yard line, they couldn't score. You know, if you can't expect better than that from your top five overall pick, you need a new quarterback. And this also gives the Dolphins an opportunity where, let's say, is the worst quarterback of all time. You will know that in the last, what, 10 games of the regular season, the Dolphins have the picks, they can get whatever quarterback they want in the next draft. I know that's... Horror situation for most people. Uh, it's a horror situation for me, but it is out there. If the Dolphins went all season and then Tua started next season and he was brutally bad, all of a sudden you have to restart the entire rebuild because it's just how the draft picks, the timing, the contracts all work. I mean, it just, it, there's no reason to think a mutiny would start. There's no reason to think Fitzpatrick should be this upset, disappointed, depressed about it because. A top five pick should. I know quarterbacks and wins aren't identical. You can't really, you know, look at both and see the exact uh, comparisons of them. But, I mean, there, there's no reason to think Fitzpatrick wasn't playing well enough for Tua Tagovailoa to win this job.
3: And and you know what makes me the most upset is, you know, just two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, these same national media pundits were, uh, is Herbert better than Tua because Tua isn't starting right. yet? You know, when are we going to see Tua? And uh, I still think, and I tweeted about it, if Brian Flores makes his decision after the Seattle game, you know, after you see receivers running wide open and Brian Flores throwing these, these balls that are uncatchable out of bounds are just making these Brian poor decisions. Brian Fitzpatrick throwing them, not Brian Flores. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I respect that. Well,
2: what, <laughs> did, what did I say? <laughs> you said uh, Brian Flores throwing these balls at a
3: bounds. Oh yeah. Well, Brian Flores would be throwing some accurate dimes. We know that there right. was there'd be no way. So, um, but but we once we saw that, I mean, if he would have made that decision, then no one would have faulted him. But since they went out there and they see this 24-0 win, you know, you see three touchdown passes. You, they see that, and that to me says, okay, well, why are they doing this now? But you look a little further, and you see the mistakes he continues to make. You see mm-hmm. how bad the offense looked. You know they could not complete a third down until Tua came into the game, and we mentioned on the last podcast, and it was just kind of. I don't know why I said podcast like that, but we mentioned on the last show and we, we just don't know what it was, but when two was in there, things just felt like different, you know, he just looked like he was different. And something about, you know, as, as dumb as that two yard pass to Patrick Laird was, but just him rolling out to the left or him, you know, manipulating. (laughs) Yeah. Or him manipulating that defensive back to find Jakeem Grant for the first down. I mean, whatever it was, things just felt different. And the time is now. And, um, I want you to talk a little bit about one of the coolest things I think that came out of these pressers is that Tua thought that he was just going up there to meet with Brian Flores to, to you know, go over game film. You know, tell us a little bit more about that because I think that's one of the coolest things. And someone brought it up on Twitter. That is kind of what happened with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You know, Tom Brady picked Belichick's mind and, and, and looked at the way things were from a defensive standpoint. That's exactly what Tua is doing. And it, it makes you excited. It makes you excited to know that he's a sponge, like they're saying, and to know that he's doing everything he can to be the absolute best player humanly possible.
2: I think that's one of the things that's certainly come out is that Tua is willing to, you know, take an information from anybody willing to give it. And one of the arguments I've always heard for years is you want an offensive minded head coach, like a Sean McVay or or whoever it may be, mostly because you get a quarterback in that system. They thrive in that system and you keep them around for a while. However, if it's an offensive coordinator and a defensive minded coach, um, the coordinator could leave the, the new quarterback and, and the new offensive coordinator might not mesh. Uh, one scheme might not work and all thing, all of a sudden things seem to fall apart. However, I mean, saying this stuff, it makes you kind of think about it in, in the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady sense where Bill Belichick's been stopping offenses for 20 plus years in the NFL. I mean, this guy has seen it all and he's going to see everything that's going to be played in the history of NFL. It's just that simple. So, with a Brian Flores and Tua, my God, if, if it turns into Belichick and, and Brady, I'm gonna lose my mind. But I'm not gonna to try to go that far just yet. I mean, we already set, we're set, we settled it. Dolphins are winning three Super Bowls. But what what we're seeing here is instead of thinking of that mindset of, hey, we need a consistent offensive scheme, knowing every defensive scheme might be more important. Whether with Tua talking to Brian Flores so much, if. If the Dolphins have a situation where they just know how to beat every defense, it doesn't matter what you're calling on offense. You can have offensive coordinators come in. Obviously, having a good offensive coordinator helps, and having someone who understands football certainly helps. I'm not saying to throw nobody in there, but having someone who's so great defensively can push your offensive guy to understand how to beat someone who's so great defensively Flores could already be telling him like, Hey, this defense is great. If you do these little things, you can kind of take advantage of us because nobody knows your weaknesses better than your head coach. Right? So that is just a uh, fun, re- fun aspect of this to really think about and how they're kind of just changing how things operate. We're bringing in, you know, hello, Chan Gailey and who knows will be the next guy. Uh, but Josh, I, I think that's an important aspect you brought up where maybe having a defensive head coach helps your quarterback than having an offensive one. I mean, that's, it seems weird to say, but you can kind of see a little bit of thought uh, thought process going through with that one.
3: Yeah. And one of the coolest things is you hear from these veteran players like Jerome Baker and Bobby McCain, and they say that the rookie has reached out, you know, they're asking them, what have you seen? You know, what are you seeing out there? And he's kind of like jumping into their shoes and just getting a whole new perspective on this. Um, you love to see it and you, for as much as we like some of these quarterbacks that came before, I think, you know, we'll talk about that on the next show before leading up to, Tua's huge debut. We'll, we'll get into that and pay homage to some of those, those 22 quarterbacks that came before, but you know what they didn't do was have this extra gear to them. And they weren't the talented prospects that, you know, uh talented to prospect like Tua Tagovailoa is is that isn't that star development like Tua Tagovailoa is but um he's in there and he's he's just busting his ass and doing everything he possibly can to to be the best possible quarterback and it, you just absolutely love to see it and it, it's a time. I mean, whatever happens in 2020, you know, we're it's almost like we're playing with cash money and our uh, house money and I'm freaking excited to hear uh to see what happens. Before we wrap up the show, we have to mention the elephant in the room, and it's kind of something that a lot of people are, are kind of going with right now, and that's could Ryan Fitzpatrick be traded? And you look at the Dolphins roster right now, and right now they have something called a Reed S- Sinnott. I can't even pronounce his name. You know, that's the Dolphins backup quarterback. We know Jake Roddick's out there as a free agent. We know there's some other free agents that you know could be readily available. And Jay
2: Cutler.
3: yeah, Jay Cutler. And this seemed crazy <laughs> before, but. This seemed absolutely cra- crazy before, and you Sorry. mentioned you mentioned it. I think it was even before. It might have been as soon as Dak went down. You mentioned about trading Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Cowboys. We saw what happened with Andy Dalton. It seemed absolutely crazy to think about that the Dolphins would trade their veteran. But we know last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick said himself, "I'd rather play than you know sit and watch." Flores deflected the question to Chris Greer. You know that's a question better for him. I'm focused on the Rams. Yada yada. And then Changeli said, I like him. I love having him here. I hate to see him go, but somebody would step in. What do we do? What we think is best for the football team in every decision. So, um, you know, it's I think the Dolphins would be crazy to trade Ryan Fitzpatrick unless they could get something like a third round pick. And who's going to do that for a guy that's literally on, you know, the last what, eight games of or last 10 games of his contract? But if Ryan Fitzpatrick came up to the Dolphins and said, look, I want to start, please do me this favor, give me this one chance to go to a team and make the playoffs and to do something that I was unable to do and win a playoff game and, and, you know, maybe potentially make the Super Bowl. I know how crazy that sounds, but to Ryan Fitzpatrick, we see what type of mentality he has. He wants to put a team on his back and go out there and, you know, be that Hodor for those Game of Thrones fans. He wants to be the Hodor and, and carry that team to the playoffs. Let him go do that if that's what he wants to do. But the Dolphins would be in a, a dire situation because like I said, they have a guy named Reed Sinnott, Jake Roddick again is a free agent. W- what route would they go? If you, if, if he did ask for a trade, you better be trying to figure out what you're going to do to get Josh Rosen back here because he's really the only person that understands his offense right now and can jump right into things. I mean, and then what's he going to do? T- tell you to piss off. He'd rather sit on the bench and learn from Brady and Arians and Leftwich. I, I don't know. I don't see this trade happening, but again, all it would take is the phone ringing, the right offer coming in, and you, we've seen it before. Chris Greer, you, you know those trade picks—they uh, they talk to him. That's that's that money. That's that money talks to Chris Greer.
2: Um, I'm I'm a little unprepared on this, so I'm sorry, but I want to give a so I got to give Ryan Burns a, a little bit of credit here. He gave us both seats into the Jason Taylor Foundation's uh, charity folk- poker tournament, which was a lot of fun last week, and he beat your ass in fantasy, which is honestly always fun to watch from my end so shout out to him if you're not following him on twitter you certainly have to go follow him it's at b-r-i-a-n-b-y-r-n-e-s-i-e now the reason i'm bringing this up is because i mentioned the fitzpatrick trading before before it happened i'm not trying to say this stuff to be like ha 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 i know more but i'm just trying to give you my mindset of of where i'm coming with this i called the two a thing I called the trading Fitzpatrick thing. So I'm seeing red. I'm going to make a prediction, two predictions for you, Josh. And you mentioned the, the trading of Fitzpatrick. There's two ways to look at it. My heart says no. My head says yes. And what's best for the p- football game is what's going on in your head. What you do is you try to get a third or fourth round pick for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You try to send him to the Cowboys. They need to win the season, yada, 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 eight wins against them in the playoffs. Great. Fitzpatrick plays well enough where... Backup quarterbacks' contracts are always inflated. I remember yelling for five years that Matt Moore was Miami's like sixth-highest-paid player when Ryan Tannehill was on a rookie contract. I know those numbers don't really max up. But there's a few years Matt Moore was one of the top five or six guys paid on the Miami Dolphins as the backup quarterback. You trade Ryan Fitzpatrick for the third-round pick. Then, you look into the compensation formula. Now, does he have to finish the season with the Cowboys, or can he play like half the season with the Dolphins? Because that's something you should think about too. We could hold Ryan Fitzpatrick back and a team could go for him next year. Uh, you know, Phil Rivers, look what just happened to him. We just saw Fitzpatrick's best 14 games over the next two seasons. So you look at that third or fourth round pick you get for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is it better than, than a compensation pick we'll get in the formula? Otherwise, I think you hold on to him. That's the way you can balance your heart and head. And I'm going to wrap up the show with this because as the second people say it, they're going to turn it off. The Jordan Howard comeback is about to happen. Guys, I am telling you, They were saving him for Tua Tungvaloa time. I have nothing to back this up. (laughs) I'm just rolling those dice, not across the table, halfway across the room. Jordan Howard time is coming. It might not be this week, but in the next two to three weeks, we're going to see Jordan Howard active. And I can't wait to cut this clip, put it with four different tweets that say Jordan Howard is inactive. Jordan Howard is inactive. Jordan Howard is inactive. But that's what I'm going with. Those are my two predictions for the end of the season. Fitzpatrick, we're going to get a pick from him. End of the day, we're gonna get a pick from him. That's my hope. And Jordan Howard, he's coming back.
3: I'm I'm pretty sure Jordan Howard was the actual Howard that was being reported in these trade talks. I think he's it's gonna be gone. I, I think as soon as we get off of here, we're gonna see we're gonna refresh Twitter and it's already gonna be an old takes exposed for you for you, Jake. I'm sorry.
2: I'm going with it, man. You gotta ride it out this so that that's a fun thing. Um, Cowboys defensive end, Everson Griffin to be trained to the Lions in exchange for a draft pick. Just throwing that out there, just came across my screen. I bring out there, but hey, man! Like I said, found that poker tournament. You know, it's the truth with gambling. It's the truth with making predictions, and that's why for- sports are fun. You can make outrageous predictions, and once in a blue moon, you're right. I'm gonna keep riding this. So by Halloween, people are knocking at my door trying to burn me down for being a witch. I think that's that's what I have to do right now.
3: You're definitely a witch, and I just want to say, Brian wanted me to say that he is a fantasy god. You are absolutely not a fantasy god. You got extremely lucky, but we have to, you know, that poker tournament was awesome. I went in prematurely. I had an ace queen. I pushed all in. Uh, shout out to Seth Levitt. He, um, you know, he, he gave me a rebuy, and that really made Brian mad. But it was a great time. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we are doing a Solomon Kinley jersey giveaway Uh, We will put more about that into the article on the Finsider. And as always, guys, if if you have any questions, please reach out to us because because we are truly nothing without you. It's exciting times to be a Miami Dolphins fan, and hopefully Tua goes out there and does everything that we've ever hoped because we've been suffering for 20 years. It's time. It's Tua time, and it's time for the Dolphins to have the success that we as fans really deserve.
2: Time to pick up some goddamn wins, Joshua. Fins up!
3: Fins up, baby. Pick up those wins. Two a time. That
1: was Finsider Whew. Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network.
4: Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Miami Dolphins number one Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team.